and we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. I'm Joe Morales, Joe, my co-host Trevor Markowski. How you doing, Trevor? I'm doing... Me and Trevor are here talking Yankees, Mets, Nets, and Islanders because everyone except the Nets play today. The Nets start their playoff uh, series tomorrow against the Raptors. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But we'll start with the Yankees, who beat the Red Sox 4-2 to today. And But before we even get to that, Dejan LeMahieu was thrown on the IL with a bruised thumb. And this one hit harder than Judge and Stanton did, Trevor. And I didn't show – it didn't show tonight – but this lineup is going to miss DJ LeMahieu a lot. And it hit me harder than Judge and Stanton because DJ's been more productive, in, in my opinion. I know Judge with the home runs and the RBIs, but whenever there's a clutch situation, whenever you need a big hit, DJ LeMahieu's there. When there's a guy in scoring position, whether it's a leadoff hit, it's always DJ LeMahieu who gets the job done. So your, your reactions to DJ LeMahieu going on the deal? Well, obviously it's not good. I think it's the biggest injury <laughs> for the so far this season. Right. Um, but you know they're gonna have to fight through it. You know, like I said before, it's you know the next man up, and you know injuries are inexcusable, but it's a part of the game. And I think you know a little adversity early on here, you know, could be a a, a good thing to see how the team responds. And obviously against the Red Sox, you know, had a hard hitting opponent, but tonight they uh, they responded well. No, the Red Sox were awful, and with DJ out now, you have Tyler Wade that's gonna have to step up and play every day, and that's one spot in the order now that can't hit. So you have a you have a career two seventy five OBP hitter in the nine hole now, and he's useful when he gets on base. But that career two uh two seventy five OPP, he's not gonna get on base, Tyler Wade. So it, we're we're not gonna understand how much we're gonna miss this guy until we're playing. I don't want to say real opponents, but this we get the Rays coming up in those big games for the division. But hopefully. It's just going to be these 10 days, and it won't be a couple of weeks like it was in 2018 when he had this very same injury in Colorado. Yeah, and, and the one thing to be to mention is the Yankees did, did get some good news. The Chapman is returning tomorrow, so at least he could put a bright spot on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Chapman coming back, but not not because Britain's been awful, because Britain's been pretty good. He gave up a run today, but a, a, can you blame Britain for drop? I mean, I don't want to say dropping the ball, but getting the ball hit out of his glove, like, that's not really his fault. No, and, and, and I think the one, the most important thing that Chapman returns back is it takes a load off of some of the big guys that were, that were there already. Like Green? Like Green, Britain mostly, because he's been in every night. Now you don't have to pitch him out of Vino. Takes the load somewhere, takes the load off of those guys. Right, I was going to get to this a little later on, but we might as well just hit it now. Chad Green this year, he comes in today after Jay Happ. And Jay Happ, by the way, gives you a terrific performance. You couldn't have asked for a better start from Jay Happ. It went five and two-thirds, three hits and a run. Trevor, that's all you need from Jay Happ. Yeah, he pitches well against the Red Sox. Every start he goes out against the Red Sox, he always pitches decent. And, and that's, that's and, the team he does well against. And But that's the reason he's here. Because remember in 2018 when they picked him up, he was so good against the Red Sox. They won the World Series. And that's why he's here. So the reason he's here is to play the Red Sox, at least do something good against the Red Sox, and I'm happy he did that. But yes, back to Chad Green, he came in after Hap, and this year he's been ridiculous. Before coming into the start today, he's faced 44 batters, given up one run, two hits, walked four, and struck out 17. Trevor, that's that's unheard of. That's unreal. That That is unreal. And, you know, he had a rough first part of the year. His ERA was 12, but he did have a, a really good second half of the year. He was Chad Green like the second half of the year and has carried over into this season. Right after he was optioned down. And you need someone like Chad Green to step up without Tommy Canley now. 
Yeah, and he, so far he has stepped up. And the bullpen was really good tonight. Adovino was good. Green gave you almost two innings. And, you know, that was really good performance uh, tonight. The bullpen really did its job. Right. And I still think they need someone else to uh, be brought in just to replace Canley. And, you know, the Boston Red Sox are really, really bad. How about Brandon Workman, their closer right now? Is is it a crazy idea to think Brandon Workman can come here and not be the best relief, the real reliever in this bullpen? We know he won't be, but just to be a middle uh, middle of the innings guy, get get some outs in the middle of the game is that is that out of the question? I, I could see that. Um, the the question I have is is who goes down for Chapman because a lot of guys have stepped up and pitched well. Yeah, we talked about this a couple days ago. I I think Luis Sessa gets DFA'd. He should. He, he's awful. He should. I, I would say Sessa DFA to the other guy. I would say that I'm not. He hasn't pitched well this season. It would be Holder. It would be Holder, and Holder's always that guy that goes up and down, no matter if he's having a good year or not. And I think his ERA is somewhere in the in the low threes. But he's always that guy that seems to draw the short end of the stick and goes down. Yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna say that even Avilon has pitched. He doesn't deserve to go down. He's pitched. He stepped up. Right. And we'll get back to the Red Sox in a second because I want to talk about them. But in this lineup now, without D.J. LeMahieu, you need guys like Labor Torres and Gary Sanchez. They need to step up and create some offense. And Torres did today with two hits. Gary Sanchez had a hit. So these guys need to put the offense on their back and carry them for a couple for, for at least a week now. And you talk about Torres. Remember, just a week ago, he was hitting in the 120s. Now his average is to 254, so he's really had a, a good week. Yeah, over the past week, I think he's hitting like 500 this week. So it's good to see him uh, getting out of that slump. Uh, yeah, you know, a good player like him, you're not going to keep him down for that long. Eventually, he's going to start getting hits. Right. Uh, Sanchez, his average is still, you know, he never was a great average hitter to begin with. Right. Never really a great average hitter. But he's, had, he's, hit, he's hit three home runs in his last four games. So that's an encouraging sign to see. Maybe he's starting to. Uh, get out of his funk, I guess, hit tonight again. So maybe he's showing some signs of life. Right, and I don't care that it's off the Red Sox. He had a home run yet, uh, on Saturday, a mammoth home run on Friday, and another hit tonight. So and then now you get one more game against the Red Sox uh, tomorrow night in the wraparound series. You know, big game for Gary Sanchez. I'll, I'll predict that here. But, um, yeah, he needs to step up. Torres looks like he stepped up. Gio Urshela now in the two-hole. I like this. But Mike Talker in the in the three hole, I don't know about that. I I like Clint Frazier up there at three, but I see why Boone did it was the lefty righty. But let's get Clint Frazier some more time in this order. Maybe, but talk Talker's been hitting really well right now. I I, I agree, and I I I understand Another with the lefty righty. I understand with the lefty righty, but Clint Frazier is a better hitter than Mike Talkman, and it's a waste to see him down down at eight behind Gardner. I agree. Maybe he should be batting, you know, six, maybe. The, right. the one thing I would say is, though, is this Yankee lineup, well, right-handed, oh, how, how are they going to do it? Lefty comes in, they're going to go. Uh, righty comes in, they're going to get him out. Well, this is Aaron Boone's chance to break it up now a little bit with some injuries now. Not as right-handed. Hicks is the switch hitter. Talkman, uh, lefty, Ford, a lefty. So you got a chances now to uh, break it up a little bit. Yeah, and I had the problem with Hicks in the three-hole because I never understood why the OBP guy was in the three-hole. Hicks is either a one-hitter, a two-hitter, or he's somewhere down in the bottom of the lineup. Hicks at three does nothing. At three, I want a Torres. I want a Stan. Hell, I'll even put a Mike Ford at three or or a Clint Frazier. Uh, 
Aaron Hicks cannot be a three hitter. So for the next week, he's probably going to be the leadoff guy. He probably will be. You know what? Once again, when the Yankees had a big opportunity in the first inning, it was Mike Ford again with a uh, pretty big hit. Right, and so it's Mike Ford who, let's be honest, Trevor deserves more playing time. Not over, not over, um, uh, Luke Voigt, but somehow you got to find him some DH spots, with, especially with Judge and Stanton out now. You got to find somewhere to put Mike Ford in this lineup. I agree. You know, this lineup was pretty good tonight. Remember, this was without without Voigt tonight. He did not play. Yeah, four play. Yeah, so this is a this is still a pretty good offensive performance without one of your better hitters still. Yeah, but but let me tell you why I, I like Ford because he works the count. He's got a he's got a, a ton of power and you know he's a perfect five hitter. He's just like Void. He can hit in the five hole. He can hit in the two hole. He can hit in the three hole. He, he's 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 pretty much just a lefty Void. He is, and you know one of these things heading into the season with COVID, the sixty games, the injuries was you had to have a lot of depth to. Uh, to get through the outbreaks and injuries, and the Yankees have showed it showed us last year they have a lot of depth. And you know this this lineup, you know they keep hitting like you know nothing, no injuries, no nothing. I understand against the Red Sox, but still, the the, the lineup hasn't missed a beat without Judge or Stanton. It's amazing, and A Rod pointed this out on the broadcast, and I want to rip the broadcast in a few minutes. But A Rod pointed it out that the Yankees always seem to have a better B lineup than a lot of the other teams in the major leagues. You, the Yankees, bring up these guys like. Hawkman, like Ford, uh, Clint Frazier to a degree. He's kind, of, he's still kind of young, so he doesn't really fit in that category. But you bring up these guys that still perform when you have these injuries. Like, how, how much would a team? Um, I don't have a team for you right now, but teams would kill for a Mike Ford. They kill for a Mike Talkman. and the Yankees have him as death pieces. I agree. What about Miguel Andujar was on the bench tonight? <laughs> I know that's crazy, right? He was sitting down in AAA and. And another guy who hasn't even been on—he's not even on the team—is Tyro Estrada. Yeah, no, he's on the and team. You're not saying, you know, I think his bat is underrated. You know, yeah. he's still a decent player. Yeah, he's a utility guy. You put him wherever you want. But you're right. Miguel Andujar was sitting down in AAA. Now we sit on the bench. And if you told me in 2018 that Miguel Andujar would either be in AAA or riding the bench in two years after he finished second, or let's be honest, should have finished first in, in Rookie of the Year voting, if he was going to be down in AAA or on the bench, I'd call you crazy. I would, and you know what? I think he deserves more playing time than Wade does. I'm sorry. Well, he, he does. I was, I was thinking about this before. The only way you can do that, because I don't, Gio Rochelle can play second, but that's a waste of a glove. You don't put your best fielding, your best Torres fielder at second base. Second. Torres can play second, or you can do this. Th- that That's an idea, too. That's how, that's how I was thinking. You put Urshela at short and Andohar at third because Urshela has played short before, and he and or or you get him DH spots for now. Who? Andohar. Well, then you then you have to play Frazier in the field. Now I'm not saying Frazier's a bad fielder, but he's not. It's him or Mike Ford in the DH spot. Well, at least well, I can say one of these things. If you want to have a problem with a baseball team, this is, this is it. Oh, hundred percent. This is it. This is. I I'd much rather be talking with you on where to play someone than having a hole at second base. Now, we kind of do have a hole, but again, they don't. <laughs> you have all these death pieces to, to, to fit in. When you, when you think you lose your best or second best hitter on the team, when you lose your second best hitter, most teams would be flipping out. They'd be going crazy how they lost their second best hitter. The Yankees snap. Here's a guy. Here, here's here's a Tyler Wader. Here's a Clint Frazier or a Dario Estrada to throw right in there. It's great. It's hey, awesome as a fan. Aaron Boone, he deserves a lot of credit, you know, the way he's managed this team last year, this year. I understand it's only been a couple games. We don't know what they could, they could lose. Right. A couple of up, right now, 
He's done an incredible job. Right. Before we head over to the Mets, I, 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 there's some rumblings around the league that the, the Red Sox, as bad as they are, they're sitting at 6-16 six and 16 now in the 60-game season, that they might blow the whole thing up, starting with J.D. Martinez. But there's three things here before you trade J.D. Martinez. One, will the National League have the DH next year? Two, how's the trade market going to be with the uncertainty of next year? And three, what happens to this if there's a shutdown in September? Well, general managers be uh, cautious when dealing with teams with more uh, years on their deals. So, J.D. Martinez, they talked about it all broadcast, prime trade candidate. I don't see him being traded this year. No, I, I, I don't see him being traded. I think the Red Sox hold their pieces, at least for this season, and see what happens next year. And we know the virus, the cap, the, the money, this. Well, and there's still yeah. uncertainties out there. Right, and... I don't want to blame it all that they're that they're missing selling Eduardo Rodriguez, but that's a huge part in it. Their bullpen's bad either way, but you're missing your number one and two guy, and that's only six starts out of the year, and that's why they're six and sixteen. So I don't want to I don't want to put all the blame that these two guys are hurt, but this is still a really talented offense. Yeah, you talk about you know ERA. I think the Red Sox came in tonight with like a worst ERA in the league. Over uh, six one six is the worst in the league. You're right. And they have four more runs tonight. Which yeah, is, that's gonna which bring... is not good. And one thing to go back on the Yankees, you know, when Judge and well, yeah, Stanton, <laughs> yeah, you know, we did it without him for, for almost a whole last season. So I wasn't really, you know, that, you know, yeah. you know, hey, that got injured. But we did it all last season. When Judge got hurt, you know, you know, his second best year, people, fans would be like, "Oh my God, this is the end." I wasn't really faced that much. I we got all this depth on the this that could perform. And you know what? I wasn't really afraid at all. I wasn't really, you know, I didn't well, slip out. I figured I got this depth. I trusted them. They did it last year. And you know what? That's that's always a good thing to have. I've always not slipped out at all. Well, you know why? It's because we're expecting these injuries to be minor. We expect the judge back uh, in, what is it, nine or eight days now. I don't know what the exact day is. But he said he could have played tonight. Yeah, and that raises more questions on Boone and his communication with the media and the fans. You also no, that, ha- Go ahead. No, I, I, I think, you know, it was cautious. Who do you play tonight? I don't know. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think his version is part true. I think the Yankees' version is part true. It's somewhere in the middle. You know what? I understand. I think in the end, calf strain, I think you want to be be on the cautious side, then you'll be on the aggressive side. That would be my opinion. Oh, 100% that it's a cautious move. But uh, Judge and Boone need to be on the same page. Oh, I agree. And you know what? With 16 teams this year, I mean, you still want to win a division, but it's not as important as it will be being a normal year. Right, and you look at the division right now. The Red Sox down at six and sixteen. The Blue Jays. The Red Sox are done. They're nine and a half. Right. Now. The Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays lost two games today. The Orioles are going to correct themselves. This is a two-man race in the division, and two teams make it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boston is done. Toronto six and a half out. I don't know. Probably maybe. not. You don't. You don't know. Right now, I'm going to lean towards no. Right. Baltimore. Uh, you know, they, they they lose a couple, then they win a couple. It seems a little inconsistent right now. Uh, I think Tampa is your main concern right now. Truthfully, three games in a 60-game season, that's a lot. Right, and you get, a, you get a big, that's what I'm saying, you get a big three-game series now. And if Aaron Judge is saying he's 100%, then why put him on the DL when you're going up against your number one competition right now in the division? Like that, so, that, That's my point. I, I, get, I get airing on the side of being cautious, but... If he's ready to go, and if Aaron Boone thinks he's okay, then why isn't he playing Tuesday night? 
look, what I would have done was I would have done Indiana's. You know what? We're going to be cautious. It's Boston. You could probably, like we did tonight, I'm sure tomorrow you could probably get away with it without judging the lineup. Probably wouldn't make a huge difference. I would have said, you know what? He's not playing this series. We're going to rest him up for the big one against Tampa, and he's going to play Tuesday. I mean, there's no reason why against Boston you can get away without playing him and still win. Well, that was that's, that's my point. Like, you could have sat him all weekend against Boston, and then Tuesday night, if he's not ready to go, put him on the IL, and you can retroactivate it from a couple days ago so he'd be back on whatever it is, Saturday or Sunday. That way, you still have the possibility of him playing in the series against the Rays. That, that was my point. Yeah, right now, um, if he's the minimum IL time, what day would he come off? Would it be that I think Atlanta it's, series I think next it's week? sometime next week. So, yeah, I'd probably say the, 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 the first game against Atlanta. Well, luckily, the Yankees have two off days next week, which helps. Right. And the rare two off days, you're right. And, and that helps LeMahieu, too. Yes. So, you know, that, that kind of helps the Yankees, too. You know, this team, you know, they had a couple losing streaks in a row, but they uh, they found a way again, 15-6. and six. I think that's their best start since uh, since the 90s, I think. Yeah, they, they've, they've, they've looked great. And, again, credit to Boone for dealing with all this adversity with LeMahieu, Stanton, and Judge out. And uh, this team, still in my eyes, first place in the division. I, I don't, at night, I don't even doubt it. But but all these injuries hit, now we have a different question. Or, or uh, a different problem. But anything else you want to add on the Yankees? No, the only thing I would say is right now, Garrett Cole has been good as advertised. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's head over to the Mets, who got swept by the Phillies and lost 6-2 to today. And Trevor pitching takes to center stage this weekend. It started on Friday when DeGrom was scratched. And if you're a Met fan, you knew this was the start of a very, very bad weekend in Philadelphia. DeGrom had a stiff neck, but luckily he's already played catching through a bullpen today. So there's some optimism that he'll be ready to go on Wednesday. But then on Saturday, Steven Matz goes out there and what's new? He gets rocked. Six runs, couldn't get out of the fifth inning. His ERA's up in the nines now. And Trevor, he's given up. 23 runs in three starts. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I agree. Now, if you go back to the game Friday night, the Mets could have won that game. They blew the game. Right. They still could have won the game. Well, if, if Ramos was a little bit more athletic, then he could have gotten the glove over there and tagged out Quinn in the home plate to end the game. But there were yeah. a lot of opportunities in that game for them to win. And one of them was Billy Hamilton taking third base on a ball that moved five feet away from Gene Segura. I had no clue what Billy Hamilton was doing on that game Friday night. I agree. And then today, so the Mets go one for six with runners in scoring position. Not the greatest. The Phillies go five for 12. That's bad. Yeah. I mean, for the Mets. And credit to <laughs> Rick Porcello a little bit, you know, 10 hits. To go six innings, only give up four runs to keep your team, you know, keep a minute, you know, only let them be down by two runs uh, in the end, or three runs. It was like, I think it was four, two, two runs. That's, you know, he did his job. He didn't have his best stuff, but he was able to keep the team in the game and grind through six innings. Right. You you mentioned they're one for six at runners in scoring position. There's only one time where you get the runners in scoring position. You, you only got, it was only one opportunity to get guys in scoring position. That's, that's ridiculous, Trevor. And yeah, you, you brought up Porcello. Because he was pretty good up until the sixth inning. And although he gave up seven hits before the sixth inning, he was still able to fight and get get, get out of all those innings. But then the Phillies put up the three, uh, the three spot in the sixth, and the Mets had three innings to at least tie it. 
but then they went one for ten to finish off the game. So yeah, I don't blame Rick Porcello all for, for the whole game because he was pretty good for five and a third of the inning. Yeah, and you know what? The one bright spot I've seen on his team has been Dom Smith. Yes. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. He's got his average up to like two ninety six now. He had a home run, a uh, couple home runs over the weekend, and another hit today. And we talked about this a couple uh, days ago. This D eight spot is his now. Oh yeah, and, and, and I'm on the Mets. You know, I've been a, I've been, you know, uh, saying this for a long time. Smith, Alonzo, <laughs> McNeil, and Syndergaard or Degrom, whatever pitch you want to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Build around those guys. Everybody else can be traded. Blow the whole thing up. Cano can go out. I don't understand why he's who, on the who, team. Who, who are you getting for Cano? Well, whenever, either you trade him or when his contract is up. In four, in four years? That's an awful contract. Yeah, but he has four more years left. Who, who, who's going to take him? I I don't know who's going to take him. Um, no one Ramos, I would not resign. Well, he's up at the end of this season, right? Yes. I would not resign him. Um... But the way things are going then, right now, I would not resign him. He's looked awful this year. No, I would trade Degrom. <laughs> okay. To try and get some prospects, I, I I just think the management has just been awful. I just don't. I know. Them. I know you don't like Rojas. I just think the Mets are a mess. Well, they they are a mess, and it, it's it's typical Mets. I was one of the only people this this summer, back in early July, that put expectations on this team to go out there and be a second place team. But you know what? I look like an idiot now because this team continuously fails its fans and failed me when I picked them. And uh, Trevor, where's the pitching? Everyone got hurt. I opted out. Yeah, you know, again, as a person doesn't like the Mets, I love to see the Mets in in a mess. But to be serious, the other guy that's cooled off has been Jimenez a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? He's not getting regular playing time with with everyone back now. You, You had Rosario McNeil... And um, I think yeah, and Cano all out for for like a week, and Jimenez was getting everyday playing time. Now he's getting he's going in there for two at bats, and then and then Med Rosario comes in. Like today, you're right, he's got his average on two two sixty eight. But for what he's done, he's been pretty good. Yeah, what he's been the, dealt with. The, the problem with the Mets is the lineup changes every day. Eighty thousand guys. This new guy, that new guy. <laughs> the lineup. I you can't follow it. You need some consistency in the lineup. That's why you don't like Rojas. No. I mean, at least the Yankees, you know, they got injuries. Can't do anything right. But at least when their B-team lineup is in there, at least I see some consistency. And this B-team like, with B- Billy Hamilton hitting a f- .56, there's some major holes in this lineup. And I wouldn't. I was going to say Luis Guillermo, but he's hitting almost 500 this year. But I, you know what? I saw a couple Met fans on Twitter saying that Tomas Nito should be playing every day over Wilson Ramos. I'm not yeah, at that cool. level yet, but Nito needs a little more playing time over Ramos because Ramos looked awful. Ro- Ramos yeah. needs an off day. He does. I mean, the problem is just no. I don't think there's any catchers that are big prospects for the Mets, right? Francisco Alvarez, but he's he only played in rookie ball last year. Well, he's a couple years away. Yes, but I'm all in favor of giving Ramos a day off and putting Nito in. Because you know what, Nito's actually hitting three thirty three this year. Let's 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 ride the hot bat. I know the analytic guys don't like to to use hot and cold, but you know what, Nito's swinging the bat pretty well right now. And right now yeah, you're sitting down at nine fourteen. Play the hot guys. Yeah, and I think that every day goes by is that Cano 
uh, when he gave it to prospects, that looks really bad. At least Cano's being productive. He get gets two hits every game. But yeah, but although you know, when you really need a pitching prospect this year, you battered up a rotation. Well, you know, that go, that, that goes back to the Stroman trade where you gave up Simon Woods, Richardson, and Anthony Kay, who seem to be panning out pretty well in Toronto. And so that trade looks awful now. And unless you re-sign Stroman, that show is a complete failure. Yeah. I, you know, again, questionable trades for the Mets. Always. And that, that's on Brody Van Wagenen, who's who's come here, and he's done absolutely nothing productive except trade for J.D. Davis, right? That's the one thing he's done. Other than that, there's a lot of bad, uh, a lot more bad than good for Brody Van Wagenen so far. Yeah, just to give you an update on the Mets' ownership, the final bids are due by August 31st. And A-Rod is leading, right? But, did you see that? Yeah, well, he said he's a front, he's a front runner. They say, mm-hmm. and they say he's got it. Wouldn't that, um, that would be a joke if A Rod like that would be perfect for me and you as Yankee fans for A Rod to run the team? But if if you're a Met fan, if you're just a baseball fan, that, that that's a joke. I I agree, and the the question you know I have is is they, is whoever comes in is when Wagon out is Rojas out? Do they find a new guy yes. that you? We don't know that. The cl- clear house. I don't know about players, but they're clear in the whole front office. Mm-hmm. And I just took a look. That catching prospect that Francisco Alvarez's ETA is twenty twenty three. Yeah. So he only played in like rookie ball last year. So he's he's and now he's losing a year of minor league this uh minor league baseball this year. So you add another year to that. Yeah, he was in rookie ball. I'm just seeing his stats now. He, he, I think he hit like three fifty. He's doing pretty well. He hit a three between the two teams between two teams. He hit three twelve. Okay. Seven homers, twenty six RBIs. He hit four sixty two with one That's Pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 a bright prospect. And before him, I would say go out and get JT Romito, but maybe now settle for a defensive first catcher in this lineup to to handle these pitchers. And if I can do one more thing on Stephen Matz, he's not throwing enough strikes. Fifty one strikes, thirty three balls on Saturday. That's not acceptable. And you're not going to win baseball games with that. Uh, no, you will not be winning uh, baseball games when you um, keep uh, doing that. Yeah. Do you want anything else in the Mets? No. It's just that right now, I I don't know where the state of the team's at. I, mean, I, I, ha- I have lineup, no clue. The lineup looks like contenders. The pitching doesn't look like contenders. The performance looks like a rebuild. Yep. So I'm, I'm torn here. I, I would just blow the whole thing up here. I mean, this is becoming like San Francisco Giants, too, where, you know, you know. Got some points that could make it. They hang around, and then the second half of the season, they go like an 0-for-20 streak. Well, you know, th- this is typical Mets. You have expectations, and no one performs. It was just a, yeah. a miserable weekend. And this team is shot and finds themselves. They're, Trevor, they're in last place right now. Yeah, and, and for typical Mets, when it's a full season, they always hang around 500. And then they have this one bad month in the middle of the season when they go like 5-20. and 20, mm-hmm. And then that takes the end of that. It shoots the record, yep. And but at 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 they're four games back of first place, even though they're in last, and two back of second place. But do you really think this team has what it takes to make the playoffs? Because I don't. No. Well, maybe in the fictitious playoffs this year they might make, and who knows? But if it's a real playoff, then no, they wouldn't make. Who are they better than? They they showed this weekend they're not better than the Phillies. Well, uh, they get, they're they're pretty I, even with the Nationals. Yeah, but they get the seven or eight, and anybody can get those last two spots. Right. Let's be fair. Yeah, but are, don't you think the, the the Philadelphia Phillies are a little bit better than the, than the Mets? Oh, yeah. I think Zach Wheeler turned out to be a good ad. Oh, yeah. So, so far. He's 3-0 so far. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so that's we have for the Mets. Last place, this team they they need a miracle right now, Trevor. Yeah, I think they need, I think their best. Uh, any Luis Rojas not matching, I think that's the best they need. So, <laughs> okay, let's get over the uh, Brooklyn Nets who begin their first round series tomorrow with the defending champs, and they'll continue to ride the backs of Karis Levert, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen. And I was reading up on Joe Harris today to prepare for this. Harris is shooting fifty four percent. From behind the arch. And here's what I love about Joe Harris. He doesn't just sit on the point and wait. No, no. He'll move around and get open. And when he has the talent to shoot from all these funky angles, and he does. He has he has this weird ability to shoot from all over the court. So w- when you add that up with Levert and Allen, who's do- who are doing really well. We'll get into them in a second. Joe Harris is, a, I don't want to say the best player, but he's one of the most important players on this team. And going forward, they need to re-sign on this offseason. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, that's the next, the next year of Irving and Durant are healthy. I mean, this could be a finals favorite. Oh, yeah. hole. That's what I'm looking this forward a, to. This is a year of what depth do you have for next season, my opinion. Right. And, but together with him and Jared Allen, and congrats to Kyrie Silver for getting making the second team in the bubble, they'll have the ability to make games close. Now getting close is great, but it doesn't win you games. And I'll, but and they're not going to win any games. But I'll give the Nets fans some hope. Siakam and Ga- and and Gasol are cold and rusty, and they're they're, they're struggling to get going. Siakam shot just thirty two percent and averaged seventeen points in the restart. So no, the Nets probably are going to get swept out. But three out of the four games in the series are going to be super close. I really, I think it's a real uphill task to try and beat Toronto. They're a good team. There's no question about that. Even without Kawhi Leonard, they're a really good team. I, I, I think the Nets. I don't, I don't see them, you know, winning any games. Maybe a couple games are competitive. I, I think it's a clean sweep. I think they're competitive. I, I agree with you that they're going to be a sweep, a sweep. But you know, Gasol only has uh, seven points every 21 minutes. He's averaging seven points. For 21 minutes, and he had more turnovers and assists in this restart. So that just goes to show you how cold these players on Toronto are. Listen, I'm just giving I'm just giving them some hope, Trevor. I'm not saying they're yeah. going to win, but there's something to look there's something to look at in these games. Now, wouldn't you agree that even if the Raptors bring their B or C game, they'll probably still beat the Nets pretty easily? Yes, I do, but I, I the games are going to be super close. I don't know. We'll see. You know that talent. You know those teams. You know I feel like either you get. A really good performance, or you get a really bad performance. I don't think it's anywhere in the middle with those teams. Who, for the Nets or Raptors? Nets. Yeah, but I like some of the pieces they brought in. And like we said earlier, they've clicked. TLC's clicked. Jared Allen's clicked. Joe Harris clicked. Karis LeVert's clicked. Garrett Temple's go, uh, doing super well. So, yeah, again, they're not going to win a game, but it's going to be a really fun series to me. And as a fan of the Brooklyn Nets... I, there's not a lot to look forward to in the next couple of days. I mean, the, the season, let's see, game four is on August 23rd. That's just about a week away. That's the last time we watched the Brooklyn Nets game is August 23rd. But you maybe, know what? Maybe, Go ahead. maybe you get lucky, you get a game five. That's that's what I'm saying. The best case scenario is you get a game. But most of the games are going to be really close. Maybe, maybe, we'll see. Yeah, and we'll come back to the NBA in just a few minutes, but do you want anything else on the Nets, Trevor? No, nah, that, that's good. The only thing I would say is, Nets tomorrow. Are we, uh, are they play tomorrow? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Okay. ESPN, right? ESPN, yep. And uh, yeah, so the Nets open I mean, up. What's, what's the last time? This is great. You know, weekday, Monday, one thirty playoff game. Great. You know, 
good good series too. Kick things off. Yeah, yeah. One o'clock with uh, what is it? Is it Denver and Houston? No, I think it's Denver and Utah. I, I thought it was Denver and Houston. No, no, I think then no Houston plays Oklahoma City. My bra- sure, sorry, my, my, plays- my 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 bracket must be wrong. Well, I'll, I'll look into that in a second, but um. But yeah, that's what we got. Now, now, let's go over the Islanders, and they won two to one. They lead the series over Washington three to nothing. And this team right now is one hundred percent on their game. They only allowed twenty three shots against today, and that's because of the defense. And Varlamov loves playing behind this defense. Yeah, I, they, they're clicking right now. There's no question about that. You know, they're playing their game. They got to go. Oh, Washington's a really good team. You know, Barry Trotz on the Islanders' side really helps them because he knows his team. Oh, that's one hundred. That's 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 so true. And you're looking at the score. You know, they they scored twenty. Uh, twenty. They scored two goals. But you know what? That's it's acceptable for this team again because it's the defense. And Matt Barzal yeah, and, and go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would certainly. You know, I think the Caps. I think the Islanders taking a five. Like like every athlete says, the the tough game, the toughest game to win is that game four. Right, and wa- I think Washington's too good of a team to to lay down and lose in four games to the New York Islanders. But Matt Barzal and Anders Lee put that plan in action today, where you're going to win games two to one or one nothing or three to one. You know, they're only going to get a couple of goals a game, but they're not going to give up a lot, and that's why they win. Yeah. Um, and one more thing, they can close it out Tuesday night. Uh, again, again against these Capitals. Uh, me and Trevor both agree that they won't. But Game Five in uh, in Toronto seems to be pretty eminent for the New York Islanders. So, do you want anything else on them? No, that's it. All right, so let's go over to the NBA. Me and Trevor are going to make our NBA playoff picks, and we'll start in the Eastern Conference between Milwaukee and Orlando. Trevor, the one eight matchup. I have the Bucks in a sweep. In a sweep, I agree with you. Milwaukee Bucks led by Giannis, uh, Brooke Lopez, and everyone up there will get a sweep in. Four games. I 100% agree with you. Miami and Indiana. I, I give the Heat in seven. Why is that? Well, you know, I think Indiana is a you know, really good team. Right. All, Depot, you know, you got TJ Warren. But I think Miami with Butler and, and Dragic, I think they're just a, a better team. And it's a really good series. I think it's going to be a really fun series. I have Miami in seven. Yeah, I have Miami in six. Same reasons as you. Jimmy Butler is going to go off over here. How about uh, Boston Philly? Boston Philly, I think this is a. Uh, this is going to be a, um, a really good series for Boston. Boston in five. Yeah, I have Boston too. You know, they they, they don't have Embiid. They don't have Ben Simmons. This is a beat-up Philly uh, Philadelphia team, so I'll go Boston in, in six. And then uh, Brooklyn-Toronto, we already talked about that. We have, I have Toronto in five. I have Toronto in four, but we both agree that it's going to be. It's going to be blowout, yeah. All right, over to the Western Conference, your Los Angeles Lakers against Memphis Grizzlies. I have Lakers in four. Lakers, uh, well, I think they're playing Portland, aren't they? Because then they have Portland win the oh, game. Oh, yes, sorry. That, that is uh, my fault. Sorry about that. Portland. So, the sweat is already beating down. <laughs> and we're two days away. I'm, re- I'm really nervous. I didn't want to play Portland, but we got them. I understand. I, I completely understand, Trevor. But we got to deal with the cards are dealt with, as we always say. Right. Um, but, you know, I, Portland, the one thing is they don't play defense. I I think it's a good series. I think the Lakers in six. In six. I want you to know, too, that this bracket I printed out is completely wrong. They have Utah, Oklahoma, Denver, Houston, and then Lakers. I don't know. I didn't even look. Yeah, where, they, did I, where did I get this bracket from? 
the bracket I have is just came out today. It's like the NBA bracket challenge is on the NBA app. So yeah, pretty, I I just looked up the bracket when you said it was wrong. I was like, I printed this out on my I so my bracket is completely wrong. I'm now going off a bracket from the internet. So um yeah, I have Lakers over Portland in 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 uh five rather. I'm gonna say five and six. I thought it was Memphis for a second, but um Houston OKC. What do you got? I got Houston in six. Me too. Me too. Uh, I don't have him in six. I have him in seven. But uh, it's going to be a really good series, and James Harden's going to step up and be uh, really, really uh, crucial in the series. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Denver and Utah. This is, this is, I think, the most fun series out of them all in the first round. I mean, this is going to be great. I think Denver's a really good team. Utah's a really good team. But give me Denver in seven. I'm going to go Utah in seven, Trevor. I'm going to challenge you on this one. You know, I was 50-50. I, I think it's a 50-50 series. I was really back and forth. Utah, then I gave Denver the slight edge in the end. But I can't blame you if you take Utah. I'm going to take Utah. And then in the last series between uh, the Clippers and the Mavericks, uh, the Clippers are going to win. But how about this in a six-game series? Porzingis goes off here and gives Kawhi Leonard a run for his money. I have Clippers in six, but a big series from KP. I agree with you. I think I got Clippers in seven, actually. Yeah, this is going to be a for for a two versus seven. This is going to be a really good series. I tell you, this is going to be a really good series. The Mavericks, you don't play well the Clippers. The Mavericks could sneak up on you. Yep, I hundred percent agree. And uh, something me and Trevor got for our picks. We'll be uh, next time and when the series ends or when all the series ends, we'll do um our next round. But that's what we got for this. I can't wait for picks during the NFL season. That's going to be great. That is going to be great. Uh, all right. So, Trevor, want to add anything else? Oh, I, I do want to talk about one more thing. The Cincinnati Reds now have an, an, uh, one player test positive on the team, and the rest of the series against Pittsburgh was uh, was shut down. We heard, we I've heard nothing else today regarding um, any of the players getting sick, but they're gonna wait for all that testing to come in for uh, tomorrow. So now we have our third outbreak on a team, and well, possibly, possibly, we possibly, we don't know yet, but it's it's more than likely. Because the guy played on Saturday with all his Reds teammates. We don't know who it is yet. We don't know who the player is. We have no yeah, name. we have no clue. So we're going to get the test results probably sometime tomorrow. But assuming that this guy came in contact with a bunch of people, this is going to be the third outbreak on a team. But Major League Baseball, I give them credit, continues to chug along. They do. They do. And, you know, that's why they're probably going to have these three bubbles because they avoid this. But... They, they chug along. I don't know how they get everybody to play 60 games. I, don't know I have no clue. And I I saw that crazy stat where the St. Louis Cardinals have to play 52 games in 45 days. And this team's going to be playing doubleheader after doubleheader after doubleheader. Why don't you just play a quadrupleheader? They start at 12, 2, 4. <laughs> the you, think, you think the players need to agree to that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's great. But um, you want anything else? Anything else? Uh, that's it. Yeah, it's me and Trevor Gott. We'll be back Thursday night. I'm Joe Morales. That's Trevor Markowski. You can get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. This has been the MDM Podcast.